Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior be with you. Welcome to the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill, and this is a weekly podcast where the sermons that I preach from the pulpit of the three churches I serve in Camden County, North Carolina, are uploaded so that you may enjoy them during the course of the week. The scripture for which this week's sermon is based upon is found in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10 verses 1 through 12. If you want to pause now to take that out and read it, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. God bless. A number of months ago at the food pantry at Camden, I had an opportunity for a conversation with a man named George. George was fairly distinguishable in the fact that, one, I can remember taking Caroline, our daughter, to her 5.30 a.m. swim practices, and on pantry days, George's truck was already there parked and waiting even though the pantry wouldn't open for another four hours and then two the truck he drove was missing its front grill and in its place he had tied a stuffed animal which was ernie from sesame street in fact i asked him one time hey is your name ernie and he said no and said it in such a way to suggest that it was a silly question on my part anyway on this day after i helped george load his bags into his truck he asked me you're the preacher here right i said yes sir he said you do funerals? I said, yes, sir. That is one of the responsibilities I have here. He said, well, my sister will probably be calling you in a year or so to do mine. It's more for her than for me because I really don't care. I tell you this, though, if there is a God, he and I are going to have a talk when I die. I said, well, I know there's a God, and I also look forward to the day when we can have a conversation. George said, you don't understand. I'm angry as to why, if there is a God, that the things that have happened to me have happened. I'm very angry. And if what your book says is true, then he and I are going to meet, and we're going to have a conversation. Then he said something that made the hair on my neck stand up. George said, I don't think that'll happen, though, because I've not seen the presence of God anywhere in my life. I've maybe seen angels, but I've never seen or felt God. As we continue our series this month on discipleship, we have come to the part that takes many of us way, way outside of our comfort zone. If our guiding principles have been the numbers of 3, 12, 72, 120, I hope you have noticed that we have started to started close to ourselves and are now moving outwards. The three, if you will recall, are our accountability groups, groups of three brothers and sisters that we can admit to our failings who will hold us accountable and who will strengthen us with their prayers when we face temptation. An inner circle where brutal honesty and strict confidentiality is found, much like Jesus 3 of Peter, James, and John. And while the 3 holds us accountable to each other, then the 12 helps us to grow in our own discipleship. If you will recall, the 12 are our larger groups that study the Word of God, that challenges each other, that helps us to become more and more mature in our faith. Like Jesus 12, these are groups where Jesus trains us and instructs us in God's word for our own ministries, which brings us today to the 12, to the 72, excuse me. The 72 is evangelism, spreading the gospel message of the atoning death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I realize that the term evangelism or evangelical have somehow become dirty words in our culture today. Those words have now been politicized and denigrated and made to be something that they are not, used by, in, as insults by some and co-opted by others trying to advance an agenda. So let me be clear this morning, there is nothing wrong with evangelism. There's nothing wrong with being an evangelical. 
It comes from the Greek word evangelion, which means the good news or the gospel. Thus, the evangelical faith focuses on the good news of salvation brought to sinners by Jesus Christ. I'm an evangelical because I proclaim the good news or gospel of Jesus Christ, which I pray makes you makes me part of the 72, and you too should want to be part of the 72. Because as a preacher once said, church, you can either evangelize or you can fossilize. Jesus, in chapter 10 of Luke, we read this morning, appoints 72 others, again, others meaning not the original 12, and he sent them out. Why 72? Or in some other translations, 70. Why did Jesus pick this number? Well, it's symbolic. If you go back to chapter 10 of Genesis, after the flood, we read a complete census of sorts of who inhabited the world at that time. It lists people or places or nations, and you want to know how many are listed? About 72. So when it says here that Jesus appointed 72 to go out, what it means is that every person from every tribe and nation in this world, from every community, has a role to play in spreading the gospel. The motto at Asbury Seminary is the whole Bible for the whole world. And that's what's going on here. All of us, as part of making disciples, are tasked with being part of the 72. After George told me he had never seen the existence of God, I asked him, well, what about this food pantry? Do you not think this is the very existence of God, the folks that would come and serve in this way? He said, no. This is just people who are worried that they're not going to get into heaven, so they come here to work to make God happy. You see, to George, the folks there weren't helping because they were pouring out the love of God that had been poured into them, but it was a form of works righteousness. The folks working there were trying to build up enough points here on earth so they could cash them in for life in heaven. And I said, no, George. The folks here are working because they're worried about not getting into heaven. They're here because they know that they are. Their faith in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, assures them of their place in eternity. And because they are so assured, they, with great joy, pour out their love on this community in any number of ways, including this pantry. God is very much present here in the hands and feet and hearts of those who serve, as well as the ones that come to be served. Because we are all sons and daughters of God, all made in the Almighty's image. God is all around us. George, you bear the image of God. You have the imprint of God, and you, as so long as you believe in Jesus Christ, inherit eternal life in his kingdom. So yes, I believe that one day you will have a conversation with God. And on that glorious day, there won't be anger or wrath or despair or even sadness. Just the unimaginable joy of being in the presence of our Savior. George nodded at me. His tense posture was a little less so, and we said our goodbyes, and he got in his truck and he drove away. Now, I don't know what George did with that conversation. I haven't seen him since. Did I scare him off? Did I make him angry? I don't know. But I tried my best to pass the gospel message to him to try and give him the peace of having a relationship with the Lord. And you say, well, that's good for you, Pastor Mark, but you're a preacher. I can't talk to someone that way about Jesus. It's just too hard. Yes, it is hard. And I wish that I could stand here and tell you that every time I have encountered someone struggling or someone searching or someone questioning that I have reached out in the same way that I reached out to George. That every house I've entered into, I've said peace to this house or that I've never been afraid to be surrounded by wolves or that I've always gone happily into the harvest field with my fellow co-laborers. But I have not. 
I understand what it's like to be presented with an opportunity to, pro- to proclaim the gospel, but have not. Back in 2010, Heidi and I went to Atlanta with some friends of ours to see Carolina play LSU in football at the Georgia Dome. It was the first game of the year over Labor Day weekend, and it was a quick trip. We left Saturday morning, then we went to the game that night and came back the following Sunday. Before we left on that Sunday, we went out to try and find a place to grab some breakfast. And as we were walking around downtown Atlanta, we happened upon a lady who was homeless sitting on the street. She had gray hair and the tanned, wrinkled skin, and she carried the posture of someone who had suffered many years of difficult living. And she asked us if we had any change, and I said no without looking at her. Then I did look down, and our eyes met. And she smiled a little smile, and she said, You sure do have pretty eyes. There was a moment or two of silence, and then I turned and walked away. But that brief moment I still carry with me. Maybe even you could say it haunts me a little bit because I failed. This woman needed prayer, needed someone to let her know that regardless of her current state, she was a daughter of God and she was loved. She needed to hear the gospel. I think she was reaching out to us not just for monetary help, but also for some spiritual help, and I failed her. So yes, it is tough. Jesus says as much in our passage this morning, sending us like lambs in the midst of wolves, that sometimes our peace will not be returned, that we will not always be welcomed. But we are still called to be part of the 72. Two things to point out here that might make it a little bit easier. First, notice that Jesus sent them in pairs. Our gospel reading suggests that making a difference is best done in pairs. Jesus sends the 72 ahead of him two by two, bringing peace Healing and news of the kingdom is difficult, if not impossible, on your own, by yourself. And it is only going to be effective if you do it with other people. And there are lots of reasons for this. Protection is one. If there is going to be opposition to the gospel, then preaching it will be safer in pairs. Credibility credibility is another. The witness of one person is not generally sufficient to prove a case. You need at least two. Luke gives accounts of several appearances of Jesus after his resurrection, but he spends most time on the appearance of Jesus to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You know, Jesus did on occasion appear to people on their own. For example, he met Mary in the garden, but Luke spends most words on the Emmaus story. So when you go outwards to spread the good news, bring a brother or a sister. And second, look back at that first verse we read this morning. Jesus sent the 72 to every place in town where he himself intended to go. Meaning what? Meaning Jesus is coming. And he's coming to save. The lesson in, this, the lesson in this might be that Jesus is responsible for what happens after the gospel has been proclaimed, and that if a person repents and trusts in him, it is God who is responsible. It is their response to his ability, sure, but it is our responsibility to tell others about Christ. He will do the follow-up work by the Holy Spirit, whose work is to reveal who Christ is and why a person needs him as a Savior. You and I, we cannot save anybody. So take that pressure off of yourself. Only Jesus can save. But we are responsible for announcing the presence of Jesus to our communities. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are called to go and proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. But in doing so, we are preparing the way for God to do what God wants to do. We are called to proclaim the kingdom, but we are not responsible for the way in which people respond. Again, I don't know what George did with the information I gave him in our conversation, but I did my best, and I am at peace with it. 
Don't let fear of failure, of failing to convert someone or to save someone, deter you from announcing the gospel to those you come across. Think of it this way. Everyone in this sanctuary this morning is here because someone told you about Jesus. And that person who told you about Jesus, somebody told them about Jesus. And now it's your turn to be that somebody for someone else. We must be part of the 72. There are three simple ways we can proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. We can bless people. We can offer to pray for healing with people. And we can resist the power of Satan in our lives. Jesus is sending us, all 72 of us, to proclaim that God's kingdom has come, that Jesus welcomes us and calls us to himself. Like Isaiah, who heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And stood up saying, Here I am, send me. So each of us here this morning needs to stand up now and say, Here I am, God. Send me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless.